Okay, so uh, does anybody not have the Philippians 3 handout? Philippians 3, we're starting today. Anybody not have the Philippians 3 handout? Okay. I had to say that a couple of times because I, I don't often get to say it's a new handout. <laughs> no, no, no. We have muffins. Muffins. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, no, yeah, we might. We might. <laughs> All 13 pages of it. <laughs> um, so, and, and I, I was. <laughs> So I, we, I was talking with somebody recently about the fact that, you know, when, when, you, when you study the Bible, you know, you don't study, you don't study a passage, you don't study a book to get through it and go to the next thing. That's not the purpose of studying. And of course, for people who don't like my, that's, that's okay. That's not, there's nothing wrong with not liking, you know, someone who takes forever to get through a, a passage. Uh, that's fine. But... <laughs> Uh, I am thankful for all of you. Praise the Lord. So uh, anyway, the, the point is we're, we're starting Philippians chapter 3. So uh, let's go ahead and read uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I, I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man other, other, if any other man, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Bless you. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I can, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Amen. So in Philippians chapter 3, we're starting on page 1 there at the beginning. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And so he said that you see that beginning there, finally, my brethren. And so this finally 
Yeah, and you guys know I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on Hebrew or Greek. I haven't even studied it like Pastor Ken has. But uh, I know that in that sense of, uh, of finally, well, he's going to be talking about a number of different things before he get to the end of his letter to the Philippians. So it may not necessarily be, and this is my last point. So this is, this is the note that I have. Finally, rejoice, whether this is meant as a finishing thought or a banner over every other thought or emotion. In other words, this is, this is something that needs to go over everything. As in, this needs to be a part of every part of our lives. No matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, no matter good times, bad times, blessings, trials, we always, it is appropriate for a child of God to rejoice. Now, obviously, when you, when you just broke a leg and you're crying out in pain, that's not like you have to say, boy, I'm so happy I broke my leg. That's not what it's about. It's about no matter where you are, what your circumstances are, in Christ, we have enormous privilege and blessings. At every trial and tribulation, every difficulty, every challenge, every shortcoming, every struggle, Christ is there to help us with those things. And so we're never walking on our own with our own strength, with our own wisdom. With a, we have Christ within and the Holy Spirit to seal us and guide us and help us and comfort us. We are most blessed. And as we go through the trials of life, just like everybody else does, we're not going through it based as a human being suffering with human shortcomings and fail, uh, failings. I'm going to get to you in just a minute, brother. I'll be, let me finish the sentence I started. <laughs> so finally rejoice whether this is meant as a finishing thought or a banner over every other thought or emotion. It is our guiding principle for the manner in which to conduct ourselves in this life. It's a guiding principle to rejoice in Christ Jesus at all times. And that's what people should see in our lives. As a Christian, at all times, I have, the, I have cause to rejoice. And I, I say this not as someone who has it down and is always smiling and praising the Lord. I wish I was that person. Uh, but I know this is true. And I often remind myself, or I try to remind myself of this, that in Christ Jesus, at all times, we have cause to rejoice. We'll get more to that in just a second, Brother Albie. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that was a near-death experience. But God knew that that was a way to teach me that I had lung cancer. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, one thing seems really bad, but you can rejoice in the fact yeah. that happened and you didn't get killed, you didn't get harmed. And so Amen. I always pray for, I'm a big baby for pain, so I said, don't let me get hurt. I was sore for a couple of weeks, but I didn't get any broken bones. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Amen. Well, that's that's the perfect example that uh, that, you know, and and again, it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. And uh, and I'm like Albie, you know, I'm not the bravest, most (laughs) courageous person when it comes to things. You know, and I always say, uh, whatever God chooses to take me, I just hope I don't see it coming. (laughs) I would just uh, like to. Whoa. Hey, what happened? I'm in heaven. This is great. (laughs) Uh, But whatever God chooses for us now, God, he chooses our path. The Bible says the, 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 the heart of man chooses his way, but God chooses his steps. And that's so important for us to understand. My way that I've chosen is to follow the Lord Jesus. Another man may choose a different way. 
But whatever way you choose, God chooses your steps. And so the, the truth is, is no matter if God chooses for us to go down a path where it, it, it might involve, you know, bad news or it might involve suffering. God will also send grace with that that you wouldn't know any other way. And that is listen, that is a fundamental truth for what it is to be a Christian is that we are. And listen, I, I think that even when you are in difficult times, trying times, challenging times, God can give you grace to see things from a perspective that you can have joy because that that is our right as privilege. It's a privilege that we have as Christians to to rejoice. Uh, Nehemiah 810. I'm going to turn and read that real quick. It's a it's a, it's an extraordinary verse. And the context also is is pretty extraordinary. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh and, you know, Jeremiah was a weeping prophet because of how the nation, an entire nation had degraded into disobedience and so much. And it brought it brought God's judgment. And I think that we as a nation may be looking at the same thing just because of how much our nation has turned away from God, from hoping in him and trusting in him daily. But in, in, in Nehemiah, so there's a great deal going on in Nehemiah. And so Nehemiah was a, a very godly man, a great leader that God brought there. To uh, to rebuild, and so part of what was happening was is at the same time Israel is being gathered back together, and they're being instructed in the law. And when they read it, it's heartbreaking because of how far they have gone from God. And so when you see this, that is the context. So you might hear this verse, you might see it in a, like in a Christian bookstore, or you know see it on a coffee cup or something. But that's the context. And so in, in uh, Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10, then said he unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom there is nothing prepared for this day is holy unto our Lord our, unto, unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And even in this context, in other words, they've been far from God. And yet they find out, listen, and, and maybe, I don't know, I, this is some conjecture on my part, but maybe they're finding out that they weren't, they weren't the people they thought they were. Maybe they're finding out, I am not this godly Israelite that I thought I was. And for that matter, I think a lot of us as Christians need to get this message too. None of us have arrived. You see, we read that in Philippians chapter 3. He said, I count not myself to already have attained. He said, I'm, I am striving towards the Lord. I'm keeping my eyes upon him. I'm pressing towards a mark, but I have not arrived. None of us have. And so the point is, is that God is, is always going to be sending correction into all of our lives. The best thing for us to do is to receive it and to rejoice. <laughs> this glory. I'm sorry, what, what chapter and verse did you Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. It was a pretty long verse, too. So Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. And so it was the latter part, the last few verse words there for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so uh, that's what we need to do is to turn our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and keep following. Uh, you know, I kind of like the modern adage of keep on keeping on, you know, because the Christian life, it is not it is not a sprint that you do in a short period of time. It's a long run. And it's going to come with times. I, I, I remember when I used to run before my wife declared, you shall not you shall no longer run <laughs> because I, it was stroke number three. And she said, no more. 
And she was right. And so anyway, when I used to run, though, you know, there's so many times in which I just got, I, you know, you just, I, I, never, I always had trouble getting my breath, getting my breath and keeping my breath. While, and listen, I think there's some very strong similarities to the Christian life when you constantly feel like you're struggling and listen, part of it is, and, and listen, this is a good part of the Christian life, is that because I was saved, it doesn't mean my old man went away. I don't, I sure, I'm sure I'm not the only one that wishes the Christian life was automatic. I can't tell you how many times I have wished with all of my might that I did not have the free will to do my own thing. I did not have the free will to feel temptation. Or to feel the desire to do things other than the way that God said to do them. And yet, God chose this way in which we are. In other words, I have received Christ. I'm born again. I have a new nature. Coupled together with my old nature. And every day, you have to put one down and put the other on. (laughs) That's what the Bible says in Ephesians. Put off the old man in his ways. Put on the new man. In other words... Follow God, follow his ways. And I thank, thank the Lord that he gave us a black and white scripture from Genesis to Revelation to teach us the right ways of God. And there's so many people say, I can't understand the Bible. There are so many things that are not hard to understand. They are black and white. Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. These are very simple things. These are very straightforward things. You know, and one of the most straightforward, simple things is the greatest commandment of all. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. A very simple thing that we're commanded, yet practically impossible to attain, except God should enable us to put off our old man and put our eyes on Christ and love him and follow him. Because being a disciple is not about do's and don'ts. That's what the world says constantly. Well, you're a goody two-shoes Christian, right? You do this and you don't do that. That's not the case at all. I'm supposed to put my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and love Him <laughs> and follow Him. Brother Albie? I used to tell the inmates, and it's, it's true about all of us, it's in the street, in mm-hmm. incarceration, whatever. Yeah. Amen. Because we have a choice to either accept Jesus or not, and the consequences of that. Right. So, okay, you make choices. Here you are. I've made choices. Here I am. Here we are. We're separate, but we're here because of the choices we made in life. We made choices. We're here for whatever reasons. All through life, the choices we've made. Here we are, all together, serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, you know, none of us got what we deserved. <laughs> if any of us got what we deserved, we'd be a, a pile of ash. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I would say even those inmates, you know, don't know the mercies that they have. They have. They have. And so uh, finally, finally rejoice. And so and then the letter I underneath that is for the joy set before us. We can rejoice at all times, even as Christ, as Jesus Christ did before the cross. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter, I am very fond of these verses. I refer to them a lot. In Hebrews chapter 12, we'll start in verse 1. Give you guys a second. I almost have enough time to take a bite of the muffin. Almost. 
<laughs> you want, you want no, that no, one? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so again, you see this other this 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 passage referring very much to what we were just saying about how um, the Lord Jesus he did not have an easy life. He came down and stepped foot on planet Earth and walked among humanity and was a man. And listen, he did not live a life of privilege. He had a life, you know, he had disciples come to him and one said, uh, I, I will follow you whithersoever you go. And he said, the, the birds have, uh, have nests and the foxes have holes, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, he did not have a fixed home that he went back to. He was constantly walking by faith and God provided for his minute by minute needs. I think that any man on planet Earth could live like that and God would meet his minute by minute needs. And yet I don't know anybody else in human history who did what Jesus did and minute by minute trusted in God and God, you know, and he was God. But he was also he also had human flesh that had minute by minute needs and God, I, I just, Melissa and I were just talking yesterday about when the tax man came to Peter and said, does your master pay taxes? And Peter said, yes. <laughs> and Peter comes and, and at the door, Jesus prevented him and said, of whom do the, do the kings of the earth take taxes of their own, of their own children or of others? And he said, well, of others. And he said, then the children are free. But nevertheless, lest we should offend them, go out, cast a line. The first fish you take up will have a gold piece I'm, I'm paraphrasing. We'll have a gold piece. We'll pay your taxes and mine. And then he kept on teaching. <laughs> Listen, the Lord's needs were constantly being met. And he never worried about daily ministrations, daily stuff, the, the, the nuts and bolts of life. He never was focused on that at all. You see, his entire the record of his life is entirely about serving God, ministering to others. Delivering the message of the kingdom. That's what he and his disciples did. And then he gave up his life on the cross of Calvary and they crucified him. And he, the Bible says he was in great pain and agony. And, and he, then he gave up the ghost. He was in the, in the tomb for three days and three nights and he rose again bodily. All of that was done. And yet the Bible says here that he set the example for us. He gave the picture for us to follow his example, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. And I believe that means what was coming after the cross. The fact, and there's many different things we could talk about this all day. The fact that he was purchasing redemption for everybody in this room. Jesus was paying the cost of redemption to save Brett Garner from his sins. And now, after Jesus did that, I'm thousands of years in the future, but the Lord Jesus Christ and every one of us individually that know him as Savior have a close union. We are we are we are purchased by him. We are his. And the Bible refers to the church, us collectively as the bride of Jesus Christ. He had great joy in what was coming. 
that he was going to accomplish in his work at the cross of, uh, in the cross of Calvary. So he had great things that he had joy in what was coming. We have a very similar scenario. We are not in heaven right now. How many, how many is that a shock to? We are not in heaven. <laughs> we, are, we have challenges and they're at times difficult and they press upon us. And yet we have something that is very much worthy of joying in right now. I think that, you know, we have such carnal mind. I have a carnal mind. And I, if someone were to say to me, Brett, this time next week, you'll be a billionaire. Now, listen, that would affect every single day how I looked at life. <laughs> every day I'm apologizing. Hey, mom, I'm sorry about uh, I'm sorry about the iron water. I'm sorry about the <laughs> you know, she had a very nice house in Arkansas. I'm, I'm very glad she chose to come and live with us. But listen, <laughs> that antique house with its. It, with, <laughs> can I tell this? <laughs> what are you going to say when I say, can I tell this? Right. Uh, sure. So I'm, I'm checking the Wi-Fi hotspot that's right by her window. I'm like, man, there's a draft here, honey. Is this? Are we? What, what are we going to do about this window? We found out the window has been open this much for a week. For a week, <laughs> man, it's getting cold out there at night. And I was like, oh, that's a, quite the draft, man. <laughs> oh, well, there's a thing you do here. You close the window. <laughs> we we've been moving for a week, and so we were moving some furniture that was so big we had to bring it in through the bedroom window. Well, when we were done, we didn't close it all the way. So, <laughs> uh, where was I? What was I doing? Uh, anyway, the the Lord Jesus had great joy. In what he knew was coming. And yet, you'll, you'll remember the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says he sweat great drops of blood. Now that was, I believe, in anticipation of the cross. I don't believe it was just a physical nature of the beatings. Because he was beat twice. Mercilessly by the Praetorian Guard and by the Jews. And then they, they, and they say that the Romans did not invent crucifixion. But they turned it into a... a, a, a Oh, an art form. Yeah. The, in other words, they perfected the ability to kill a man in the most painful way possible, as in it took hours. And so the point is, is that I don't believe that was the worst part. I believe the worst part was the Holy Son of God taking on Brett Garner's sins and then being the Bible calls it propitiation. The fact that he was treated as my sins deserve. And that the Lord Jesus gave himself over to that. I love the fact that there's, a, there's an old song called El Shaddai. I don't know if you're familiar with it. One line of it is, and I, and I like the song. I, I think it's a pretty song, but there's one thing that's not quite right. <laughs> and they said that the most greatest work was done in the frailty of your son. But do you know what the Lord Jesus said? He said, I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it up again. The Lord Jesus was not frail. He laid his life down. He gave his life to purchase me, to purchase all of you. And the fact is, is that all of these things that we're talking about, all of what we're looking at there, the horror of the cross, the great price that was paid. Jesus looked past that to the joy that was set before him. And we have the same cause of rejoicing right now. And again, if, if someone told Brett, you'll be a billionaire in a week. 
that would affect every day. I'd be, oh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> man, I'm going to pay this off. I'm going to pay that off. I'm going to pay all that stuff. I'll pay my kids stuff off, pay everybody's stuff off. Yay. It would affect the way I saw things. And yet, as a child of God, we have so much more promised to us than money. How many of us all the time feel like money would meet my, my, my needs? And it's not. Money is just a thing. And at times it can be an evil thing when you love it too much. The point is, is that there is so much cause for a child of God to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. We have so much cause. Now, and we look at Jesus' example here. And you see this and in, in, in it says, and, and Albie, I'll get to you in just a second. But wherefore saying we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That was Hebrews 11. Let us lay aside every weight. So this is the template for running the race, for, for going through life. Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. That's what we have. Things weighing us down and then there's sin pushing us this way or that way or pushing us back. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is the template for life. Enduring the things that are we are going to endure right now as we're called. What all of us have callings. All, God has plans for our lives. And all that it is, is the same thing that the Lord Jesus did. You endure these things. You look forward to the joy set before us. Real quick, Brother Abbey. That grace in that moment, right? No matter what. Yeah, amen. No matter what. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that just asking God for grace for the day, whatever, whatever today holds, help me to be your child. Help me to be faithful to you today. And that's, that's, those are the things, bless you. That, those are the things we will be most thankful for in eternity. Looking back, Lord, thank you that you allowed me to, to have grace, to follow you, to be faithful when, when I was. And, and God is faithful. And, and I, I thank God for the verse. We'll have to stop here in First John where it says, If we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us and we have that which we have asked. And I, it's something that we should rejoice in also, that when we say, Lord, help me to be the man that You want me to be, that is a prayer that is guaranteed that God will answer in the way that you're hoping for. In other words, I, I, Lord, I want You to change me into the person You want me. He's going to answer that prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, that's what it means. <laughs> hey, Pastor, could you leave? Could you leave? We need to pray. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am his most timely challenge. <laughs> that's a pray. Thank you, Lord, for this, this, uh, your word. Thank you for the truth that we see here. And we thank you, Lord, for the grace that you give us, Lord. And, uh, and as we have talked about here, Lord, we pray that you would give us grace for this day and for tomorrow and for the week to come and 
at our lives going forward. We pray that you please help us to wait and depend upon you and uh, hope in you that you would make us into the people that you want us to be and change us into the image of Christ that we could we, we could shine and that people could see Christ in our lives and we could uh, share that hope that you've given us to others. And we pray for your blessing on this on the coming hour. Please be with Pastor Ken. Give him grace to speak your word exactly as you have it. And help us to receive it. And um, bless everyone here today according to the need and all the prayer requests that were mentioned. We do thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all.